Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 22nd of July 2023. Today it is the turn of Team 3. This is Brian and your other readers are Mary, Alan and Angina. Angina is new to DTN and she is very welcome. The editor this week is Mary. Our technician is Gary. Many of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. The headline this week is Jailed, a Hemel Hempstead drug dealer has been sentenced to six years in jail for conspiracy to supply Class A drugs. This and other stories follow. Before we begin, an error went out last week that we'd like to correct. Apologies for an error last week with the initial announcement about contact detail changes. Martin Wilson is our new secretary. He has taken over the handling of all inquiries and can be contacted by email via secretary at dtnhemel.org.uk or telephone on 01442 927123. This will go straight to a voicemail message, so please leave contact details with your message and Martin will get back to you. Please do not use the old number as this is Audrey's personal home phone number. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have a news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think will be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email dtneditors at dtnhemel.org.uk or leave a message on our telephone 01442 927123. Hello, my name is Mary. More than 20 people have been arrested during a month-long operation to combat cannabis cultivation. Forces across England and Wales targeting cannabis production by organised crime groups, aiming to execute more than a 1,000 warrants during June. In Hertfordshire, more than 30 warrants were conducted, with 27 people arrested, of which 10 have been charged and 3,249 cannabis plants were seized. Those charged being concerned with cannabis cultivation included Sulo Asimitas, aged 23, of Bunkers Lane, Hemel Hempstead, Mariglen Bani, aged 23, of Bunkers Lane, Hemel Hempstead, Anastasi Sina, aged 37, of Ashwood Road, Potter's Bar, Hai Huang, aged 32, of Hare Street, Buntingford. Elsie Seller, aged 22, of Station Road, Sawbridgeworth. Shadrach Allen, aged 42, of Cade Close, Letchworth. And Mardi Temori, aged 26, of Trefusis Walk, Watford. Jamie Long, aged 34, of Hare Street, Buntingford, was charged with being concerned with cannabis cultivation and possession of a firearm. Glenn Armstrong, aged 42, of Tysfield, Abbots Langley, was charged with possession with intent to supply Class B drugs. A further 15 people arrested on suspicion of being concerned with can- cannabis cultivation have been released while investigations continue. 
A woman was released with no further action, a man from Watford was cautioned, and a man from Nebworth was given a community resolution. Hello, this is Alan. Detective Chief Inspector Dave Scarrots from Hertfordshire Constabulary Local Policing Command said this month of action has been a great opportunity to target organised crime gangs that are running cannabis production sites across the county. We've seen, uh, seized thousands of plants along with growing equipment, as well as arresting many of those involved in the production and distribution of cannabis. We conducted more than 30 warrants, which is going to make a major impact on cannabis supply and organised crime groups in Hertfordshire. We take a very proactive approach, working with our partners in other forces and national agencies to target these crime groups. This operation also provides a chance to raise awareness of cannabis farms, which can appear anywhere in the county and pose a danger to those living nearby, where there is a fire or electrical risk or from antisocial behaviour and violence that is associated with this type of crime. Anyone with information on drug dealing or gang-related crime can report it by calling the non-emergency number of 101. Alternatively, members of the public can stay 100% anonymous by contacting the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111 or via their untraceable online form. Hello, my name is Anjana. A cyclist has died after coming off his bike in Hemel Hempstead. Police are appealing for witnesses, information and dashcam footage following his death, which happened around 1.30pm on Sunday, July 16th, on Pouchen End Lane. The cyclist, a man in his 60s, was riding a black and blue mountain e-bike and for reasons not yet determined, came off the bike and suffered a cardiac arrest. He died at the scene and his next of kin have been informed. A black Ford Fiesta was reported driving near to the cyclist at the time and the driver remained at the scene until officers arrived. No arrests have been made. Sergeant Tim Davis said, Our thoughts are with the man's family and friends at this sad time. Our inquiries are continuing and we are appealing for any witnesses to please come forward. Were you travelling in the area at the time and saw what happened? Additionally, if you saw the cyclist who was wearing a black top with a black helmet or the black Ford Fiesta travelling on the road, please get in touch. I am also asking anyone who was driving in the area and has a dash cam fitted to please check it as you may have recorded some crucial footage to assist our investigation. Anyone with information is asked to report online or call 101, quoting Crime Intelligence Source Reference Number 
ISR 348 of 16th July. Alternatively, Crime Stoppers can be contacted anonymously by phone on 0800 555 111. A Hemel Hempstead drug dealer who was the kingpin of the Ace County Lines network in Hertfordshire, as well as two others elsewhere, has been jailed for six years. Hassan Bolat was arrested at an address in Hemel Hempstead in September 2022, following an investigation by Hertfordshire's Constabulary's Specialist County Lines Unit, Operation Mantis. Bolat operated the Ace Line in Hemel, the Carlito Line in Portsmouth and the Blue Line in Peterborough from February 2022 until his arrest. During a search of the address, more than £16,000 in crack cocaine and heroin, £8,500 cash and numerous mobile phone handsets were recovered. Bolat, aged 29, appeared at Luton Crown Court on Wednesday the 12th of July, where he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to six years for conspiracy to supply Class A drugs, crack cocaine and heroin. Detective Sergeant Chris Cowell from Hertfordshire Constabulary's Operation Mantis team said, Bolat ran a major drug supply network stretching across several areas including dealing crack cocaine and heroin within Hertfordshire. Successfully dismantling such a significant network will have a big impact on drug use and associated crime within our communities. This will also send a message to anyone involved in drug dealing that we will track them down and they will face long jail terms. Exploitation of vulnerable people is just one of the tragic symptoms of organised drug gangs. County lines dealers can coerce people into providing a base for dealers to operate or to act as distributors themselves. They often use young people to handle drugs and money, drawing them deeper into gang affiliation that often leads to violence and abuse. You can report information about a crime online at hearts.police.uk forward slash report or speak to an operator in the force communications room via online web chat at hearts.police.uk forward slash contact. You can also call the non-emergency number 101. If a crime is in progress, call 999. Alternatively, you can stay 100% anonymous by contacting the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111 or via uk.org. If someone has a drug problem, they can get help by contacting Frank on 0800 7766 Zero, zero, or talktofrank.com. What is County Lines? County Lines is the name given to, the, to describe drug dealing which involves criminal networks from urban areas expanding their activities into smaller towns and rural areas. 
It often involves the exploitation of children as gangs use young people and those with mental health or addiction problems to transport drugs and money. What is cuckooing? Cuckooing is the term used when gangs establish a base in the location they are targeting, often taking over the homes of vulnerable adults by force or coercion. How to spot the signs that cuckooing might be happening in your neighbourhood? Lots of people, different people, coming and going from an address during the day and night. Suspicious smells coming from the property. Windows covered or curtains closed all of the time. Cars pulling up to or near to the house for a short period of time. An increase in antisocial behaviour around the property. A fly tipper from Decorum has been fined for dumping waste in a rural lane elsewhere in the district after he was caught on a hidden camera. Earlier this month, Edward Meredith of Priory Orchard, Flamstead, pleaded guilty to the unauthorised deposit of controlled waste in Caddington Common near Marquette in November 2022. Meredith was ordered to pay just over £2,200, which included a victim surcharge of £492. Magistrates heard that one of Decorum Borough Councillor's environmental enforcement officers was called to a fly-tipping hotspot at Caddington Common. There, the officer found a pile of green waste dumped by the roadside. Footage from a covert surveillance camera which had been installed in the area to catch fly tippers showed a driver of a white truck pickup deposit the waste. The defendant was traced through the vehicle and issued with a fixed penalty notice of £400. However, despite being sent a reminder, the fixed penalty notice was not paid. The council then pursued the matter through the courts. Councillor Robin Bromham, the portfolio holder for communities, said it's a great shame that a minority of people profit and incur costs to council taxpayers by fly-tipping rather than disposing of waste properly. Our environment enforcement officers are doing a great job in detecting these offenders so that fixed penalty notices can be offered. Offenders have the option of having their case heard in court and in this case the court decided that the offence should attract a larger fine and awarded costs to us with a victim surcharge. The cost of living crisis and tackling crime in the town centre was the focus of a visit by MP Mike Penning to Metro Bank's Marlowe store. Sir Mike, MP for Hemel Hempstead, wanted to know how local consumers and businesses were coping during the ongoing economic climate.
Discussions ranged from interest rate rises and the impact on mortgages and savings rates to the store's support for homeless charity DENS by helping to collect donations and promoting its Day to Amaze scheme to help local good causes by volunteering to run fundraising events. Metro Bank store manager David Byrne said, We discussed a lot of local issues including policing and tackling crime in the town centre, as well as the wider impact of fraud and scams and helping victims of these crimes, plus the need to stop scams at source by catching and punishing the perpetrators. We also talked about our ongoing support for the local business community based on building trusted relationships and delivering great service via our accessible local business managers, as well as the store acting as a centre for business networking, talks and events. We also support Decorum's DEN Business Grant scheme, which is chaired by Sir Mike and our active participating in the local business improvement district. Metro Bank supports the armed forces and veterans with Sir Mike, who is both a veteran and former minister for the armed forces. Sir Mike was particularly keen to talk about the range of related issues from housing to financial education, explained Metro Bank Area Director Guy Jones-Owen. We are a signatory to the Armed Forces Covenant and have achieved the Gold Award. So we explained how we are working on extending our free financial education program, Money Zone, to the Armed Forces, especially and how we have delivered the program to local schools and also at big events such as the recent Hertfordshire Agricultural Society Food and Farming Day. Hemel Hempstead Metro Bank is part of the Safe Space Scheme. The store is available to anyone experiencing or at risk of domestic abuse, providing the opportunity to safely call a helpline, support service or a loved one. This week in history. July the 20th, 1973. Kung Fu film star Bruce Lee died in Hong Kong. On this day last year, a UK ticket holder scooped the record Euro Millions jackpot of £195 million, the biggest national lottery win ever. July the 21st, 1962. The Rolling Stones made their first appearance at the Marquee Club in London. July the 22nd, 1932. Florence Ziegfeld, the US impresario famed for his girls and staircases in his Follies show, died. On this day last year, it was announced that Jade Goody's son, Bobby Brazier, would be joining EastEnders in his acting debut. July the 23rd, 1955, Donald Campbell broke the world water speed record on Ullswater when he reached 202.32 miles per hour in Bluebird. On this day last year, the Red Arrows jets and Typhoon warplanes were grounded after concerns about a safety issue with the ejector seats. July the 24th, 1980, Peter Sellers died in hospital 
two days after suffering a heart attack, attending a reunion lunch with fellow goons Spike Milligan and Harry Seacombe. On this day last year, members of Girls Aloud joined forces with Cancer Research UK for a special Race for Life for Sarah, 5K event in Hyde Park to remember Sarah Harding. July the 25th, 1965, former champion British boxer and nightclub owner Freddie Mills was found shot dead in his car in Soho. Police have issued warnings to four people caught antisocial driving in Hemel Hempstead. Safer Neighbourhood Team SNT officers responded to reports of drivers racing, doing handbrake turns and donuts. Following their inquiries, officers visited four addresses to issue warning notices. Under the Police Reform Act 2002, Anyone caught driving illegally or antisocially again within the next 12 months can have their vehicle seized and potentially crushed. SNT Inspector Jeff Scott said, The message is quite simple. Antisocial driving has the potential to put lives at risk, not only the drivers themselves, but other innocent road users and pedestrians too. It also causes noise nuisance. We will continue to monitor the issue as part of our proactive patrols in the area. If you want to keep your vehicle, please drive safely and considerately. Leading councillor Phil Bibby has called on the government to get tougher on utility companies amid fears that new legislation will weaken council powers. Currently, utility companies have a legal right to place their drains, pipes or cables within the highway, including footpaths. But the County Council can then make certain charges if roads or footways are not reinstated afterwards. That charge currently stands at £47.50 and it can be levied every 17 days that a defect remains, incentivising companies to make repairs quickly. Last year, the council levied 4,940 charges against utility companies for reinstatement defects, equivalent to 234,000 £650. However, under new legislation, they would be limited to just two charges of £120 per defect, essentially imposing a cap per defect of £240. Executive Member for Highways and Transport, Councillor Phil Bibby, stresses that defects can remain in place for several months and he says the watering down of how charges are levied will make it harder to hold utility companies to account for poor quality work. Now he has written to Roadsminster 
Richard Holden, MP, to highlight his concerns. In that letter, he says, the changes to the legislation do not go far enough and will reduce the council's ability to manage and maintain the public highway. With the charges being capped at two cycles, statutory undertakers will no longer be liable for further financial penalties for long-term defects, he says. In our experience, it is not uncommon to have defects that remain in place for several months and, without being able to levy further penalties, there is little incentive for statutory undertakers to complete such works in a timely manner. In the letter, Councillor Bibby acknowledges that the intention of the change is to have escalated discussions at an earlier stage, but he suggests that this will be a time-consuming process that will change a straightforward penalty process into an inefficient, discursive approach. In response, a spokesperson for the Department of Transport suggested the new streetworks regime will lead to safer and less congested journeys. And it is understood that existing legislation does already allow for local authorities to repair a defect itself and then recover the cost from the utility company. Our new streetworks regime is a victory for all road users with motorists and cyclists able to enjoy smoother, safer and less congested journeys, said a spokesperson for the Department for Transport. It includes updated inspection regulations to ensure fewer potholes forming from poor utility repairs. Local authorities have the power to inspect street works and can charge utility companies for follow-up inspections. Data reported to the latest meeting of the County Council's Highways and Transport Cabinet Panel highlights the fines and charges levied against utility companies referred to as statutory undertakers in 2022-23. It includes 4,199 fixed penalty notices issued for working without a permit, breach of permit conditions or other offences totalling £401,700 and it refers to £358,650 worth of charges made for the 7,173 sample inspections by council officers. As MPs break up for the summer, Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning has reflected on the major issues of the past year. Housing has been the main concern flooding his inbox. To tackle the need for more homes, the government set the ambition of building 300,000 homes per year by mid-2020s. Although the pandemic has had an impact, the MP said he was pleased that across 2021 and 2022, about 233,000 homes were supplied a significant increase on the 125,000 in 2013, demonstrating progress. Sir Penning added, There are a number of actions the government is taking and can take. There are already incentives for local authorities and house builders 
discounts for first-time buyers and shared ownership schemes that all play a part in helping ensure everyone has a home and as many as possible own their own home. Locally, I am pleased to see a number of new council housing developments underway or have recently been completed. The government also needs to ensure our planning departments are properly funded and resourced. The MP also mentioned his support for the recent launch of OP Fortitude, a helpline to support homeless veterans in supported housing. He explained, this is part of the government's promise to end veteran homelessness and ensure that the UK is the best place in the world to be a veteran. This helpline is part of a two-year eight £0.55 million programme to end veteran rough sleeping. No veteran should be sleeping rough. Homeless veterans or those at risk of homelessness can contact the helpline on 0800 952 0774. Major roadworks are expected to disrupt journeys for up to two months along Shooter's Way in Berkhamsted. HG Construction has given notice of the works in connection with a care home development off Shooter's Way, beginning on Monday, July 24th. The work to install pipework will mean closures from the junction with King's Road up to the site entrance and is expected to take six to eight weeks. Diversions will be in place. Don't miss the chance to enter this fantastic competition to win a VIP off-road safari adventure at Woburn Safari Park. Come along to Woburn this summer and see your favourite safari stars like elephants, lions, tigers and giraffes, as well as getting a closer look at the four North American black bear cubs who will be spending their first summer in the main drive through exploring every inch of their 13-acre enclosure. Wanting to stretch your legs after a safari drive? There is loads to learn and do down in the foot safari. Meet some of the newest faces, like the duo of adorable, humble pe penguin chicks. Explore some of the amazing walkthrough enclosures and hear firsthand from the keepers about all the different animals that live in the park and how they look after them in the free talks and demos. There's also lots for little monkeys like familiar faces from Kids TV. Visit on selected dates through the holidays to see Peppa Pig, Bluey, JJ and Cody from Coco Melon, Hey Dougie, The Minions, Sonic the Hedgehog and Teletubbies as part of your day out. The much-loved characters will be popping up at intervals to meet and greet their fans. And be sure to stop by the Mammoth Play Arc where little ones can burn off some energy on the free leisure activities and the whole family can now enjoy a range of delicious new pizza options in the 2x2 two two restaurant. How to enter. To make your summer holidays extra special, enter this fantastic competition to be in with a chance of winning a VIP experience for up to six people. 
go to wobensafari.co.uk and type VIP competition in the search box and, the qu and this question to enter. What are the two humble penguin chicks born at Woburn in 2023 called? Artichoke and ginger, cabbage and mustard, sprout and wasabi. Hint, the answer might also be on the website. See the website for full terms and conditions. The closing date for entries is midday on Friday, August 11, 2023. This competition promotion is marketed and administered by Woburn Safari Park. A new outreach service has been launched to support women and girls suffering from domestic abuse across Hertfordshire. The countywide community outreach service is courtesy of the Hertfordshire Domestic Abuse and Violence Against Women and Girls Partnership. It is being run as a two-year pilot to strengthen the existing network of support for domestic abuse victims and help development of new services. Its launch on July 1st followed a county-wide research project which found gaps in the availability and consistency of support for people who are experiencing domestic abuse but are not assessed as being at immediate risk of serious harm. The service will see specialist outreach workers working one-to-one -one with victims to conduct a risk and needs assessment, provide safety and support planning, offer practical and emotional support, and to work with other agencies to ensure victims' needs are met and the risk of further harm is minimised. The service is being delivered over five areas, including East Hearts and Broxbourne, North Hearts and Stevenage, St Albans and Decorum, Watford and Three Rivers, and Wellin, Hatfield and Hartsmere. Joe Fisher is Chair of the Domestic Abuse and Violence Against Women and Girls Executive Board and Director of Children's Services at Hertfordshire County Council. She said... We want Hertfordshire to be a safe place for individuals and families, where domestic abuse is not tolerated. We are committed to working together to challenge and change mindsets, to identify and respond to risk and harm better, to improve safeguarding and safety, and to expand support available for all. This service is a big step forward to help us make sure all victims and survivors of domestic abuse can access the right help for them at the right time. David Lloyd, Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, added, Our Victim Service Centre, Beacon Helpline, is the Hertfordshire referral gateway for any victim of crime and where domestic abuse is assessed as being at standard or medium risk of harm. We are pleased to be able to enhance our offering by directly referring victims and families to services nearby and convenient to them. Now we come to the information slot. and This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any other news. Things to do in Devon this summer, if you're going to the Clifton Hotel. There are plenty of things to explore, discover and enjoy in and around Tenmouth. 
to make you spend less time in the car and have more time to explore, here are some top tips for days out within 30 minutes drive of Tynmouth. Just a short drive away, Dawlish is a charming seaside town with a beautiful sandy beach and a famous railway that runs along the coast. Take a stroll along the promenade, enjoy fish and chips, or explore the Dorish Warren Nature Reserve. Head inland to the picturesque Tane Valley, where you can enjoy scenic walks and hikes. The area is known for its beautiful woodlands, rivers and wildlife. Castle Drogo, a National Trust property with stunning gardens, is also located in the Tain Valley. Located on the opposite side of the River Tain, Sheldon is a quaint village with narrow streets and pretty cottages. Explore the Sheldon Wildlife Trust, a small zoo specialising in endangered species, or enjoy a walk along the beach and the scenic coastal paths. Located near Torquay, Cockington Country Park is a wonderful place to visit. It features a historic manor house, thatched cottages and beautiful gardens. Take a leisurely stroll through the park, visit the craft studios or enjoy a cream tea at the tea room. Situated near to Bobby Tracy, around a 30 minute drive from Tynmouth, the Park Estate is a National Trust property with lovely gardens and woodland walks. The house is not open to the public, but there are plenty of things that will keep you busy. You can enjoy a stroll in the walled garden and wander along an old railway track. And, and there is an on-site cafe. Obituaries in the Gazette this week include Leslie Donald Andrews passed peacefully on 17th June 2023, aged 89 years. Pauline Joyce Burke passed away peacefully on 7th July 2023, aged 71 years. Moira Clark Thompson passed away in Beauclair Care Home, Scotland on 7th July 2023, previously of Buckhampstead. Gillian Patricia Collier of Wigington passed away on 4th July 2023, aged 80 years. Minnie Doris Marsh of Bennett's End passed away on 7th July 2023, aged 94 years. May they all rest in peace. Trustees notice for this week. Any person having a claim against or interest in the estate of the person named below are requested to send written particulars to the solicitor listed by the 20th of September 2023. Paul Kevin Goodchild, deceased, late of 40 Bartle Close, Leverstock Green, Hemel Hempstead, HP 38LY, who died on 15th of December 2020. The solicitor, Freeths LLP, 1 Vine Street, Mayfair, London, W1JOAH. 
What's on at the cinema in Hemel Hempstead this week? Barbie, 2023, a comedy. MJ4, the Super, Super Mario Brothers movie, an action film. Oppenheimer, a drama. Pinocchio, a true story, is an animation. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, is an action film. Elemental, an animated comedy. Insidious, The Red Door, a horror film. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, an action movie. No Hard Feelings, a comedy. Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, an action animation. The Little Mermaid, 2023, a Disney production. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. There are three films coming up at the Old Town Hall in Hemel Hempstead. On Tuesday 25th July at 2pm or 7.30pm, Sometimes, Always, Never, with Bill Nye and Jenny Agatha. On Tuesday 15th August at 2pm or 7.30pm, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Adapted from a novel by Judy Bloom. On Tuesday 22nd August at 2pm or 7.30pm, Book Club, the next chapter. Four friends take their book club to Italy. To book, telephone 228091 or email othboxoffice at decorum.gov.uk. Also on at the theatre, The Railway Children is on at the Roman Theatre, St Albans, Saturday 22nd July until Sunday 20th August at various times. To book, go to ovo.org.uk. Peter Pan, A Musical Adventure, on at the Alban Arena, St Albans, Saturday 12th and Sunday 13th August at 1.30pm or 7.30pm. To book, go to albanarena.co.uk or telephone 01727 The Weekend by Michael Palin A dark comedy by one of our most treasured comedians. Friday 15th September until 23rd September at the Abbey Theatre, St Albans. To book, go to abbeytheatre.org.uk or telephone 01727 857 861. Now for some County Council notices. Increasing numbers of cyber attacks are being launched against Hertfordshire County Council, councillors have been told. And earlier this year, council staff were targeted by a malicious email phishing attack that could have caused significant impact. In all cases, say council chiefs, the cyber attacks were repelled or contained.
Cybersecurity was amongst the performance issues raised at a meeting of the Resources and Performance Cabinet panel. Particularly highlighted at the meeting was the targeted phishing attack in late March. But councillors were assured that the attack was contained. No data, they were told, was breached and there was no threat to council data. HCC continues to utilise strong security controls through people, processes and technology to limit and mitigate threats against its network, said the report to the Cabinet panel. While these controls have continued to protect HCC and its data, the Council continues to experience an increase in attempts to target its users through email containing malicious links and attachments. Through the use of security software and streamlining our processes, technology is able to identify, contain and mitigate these threats before the Council is compromised. In late March, HCC was targeted by a malicious email. The issue was contained with no impact. Following the meeting, a spokesperson for the County Council acknowledged that the attack could have caused significant impact and she said it was a reminder of the increasing attempts to target council data. Due to strong security controls through people, processes and technology, the cyber attack was identified in a timely way and the issue was contained with no impact. The incident was highlighted in the quarterly reports as an example. It is a reminder that while current controls and measures this quarter have been sufficient to protect the Council and its data, it does continue to experience an increase in attempts to target its users. Hertfordshire County Council has reported an £11.7 million operational overspend for 2022-23, which is lower than had been predicted earlier in the year. The Council, which provides services such as social care, public health, highways, trading standards and the fire service, had drawn up an operational revenue budget of £990.2 million for 2022-23. At the end of December 2022, it had been predicted that the budget would overspend by £16.2 million. But at a meeting of the Council's Cabinet on July 10th, it was reported that the operational overspend was £4.5 million lower. And, councillors were told, it will be more than offset by identified savings of £13.3 million. The remaining £1.6 million and unused contingency of £8.7 million will be carried forward to this year, 2023-24, it was reported. And it has already been earmarked for the Council's planned investment in SEND, Special Educational Needs and Disabilities, and other identified pressures for this year's budget. At the meeting, Executive Member for Resources and Performance, Councillor Bob Deering, told councillors it had been a challenging year for them from the financial perspective. And he said the council had worked exceptionally hard every day to deliver a balanced budget. 
Looking forward, he pointed to plans to increase the revenue budget by £130 million in 23-24, which he said would be a record revenue spend for this council. And he said, so again we are showing our ability to find that um, the amount of money and spend it on the residents of Hertfordshire. Aside from services, Councillor Deering also pointed to a record £274 million level of capital investment in 2022-23. Cataloguing some of that investment, Councillor Deering pointed to £5 million invested on waste infrastructure, £13 million on projects to support delivery of the SEND strategy, and £19 million in improving the condition of school buildings. He also highlighted £86 million investment in highways in the highways network and £10 million on new highways infrastructure, including the A120, Little Haddenham Bypass, and the A602 improvements. These are very, very substantial amounts of money, and it is not an easy process to achieve this, he said. And there is work done every day, every hour of every day, managing the finances of Hertfordshire County Council. Meanwhile, it was also reported that his ring-fenced schools budget of £668.8 million for last year, 2022-23, recorded an overspend of £1.8 million. Um, A quarter of Hertfordshire children attended top-rated state schools in 2021-22, to new figures show. The findings come as the Association of School and College Leaders criticised the Ofsted rating system, warning that it works against schools placed in the lower categories. Ofsted inspectors visit every primary and secondary school about every four years for an inspection and will give it one of four possible ratings. Outstanding, good, requires improvement or inadequate. And the latest Department for Education data shows 26% of the some 203,000 children in Hertfordshire attended schools rated outstanding by Ofsted in the last academic year. Across England as a whole, the figure is calculated at 18%. Meanwhile, there were over a thousand pupils, less than 1% in Hertfordshire, attending schools rated inadequate. Such schools are placed in a category of concern and required to become a sponsored academy with another local school trust. Across the figure, uh, across the country, the figure is 2%. A further 64% of children attended good schools, while 8% were at schools that require improvement. 69% and 10% across England, respectively. Jeff Barton, General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, criticised the Ofsted system 
which affects property prices, making it harder for low-income families to live near better schools. We all want great schools for our children. The question is how we achieve that objective, and the problem with the current system is that Ofsted ratings are simply counterproductive. Once you are deemed requires improvement or inadequate, it's the devil's own job to escape that category because it's harder to recruit staff and your pupil role, and hence funding, falls. The system has to change so that inspection outcomes are more nuanced, supportive, and generally aid improvement where it is needed. A Department for Education spokesperson defended the system. Parents rightly want to know how their child's school is doing, and I fully support our approach to provide a clear, one-word rating to inform their decisions. Ofsted has been central to our success in driving up school standards, with 88% of our schools now rated good or outstanding, up from 68% when this government came to office. Hearts County Council have been awarded an additional £4.6 million by Active Travel England to deliver new walking and cycling projects across the county. As a result, they are proposing walking and cycling improvements at Jarman Park, Hemel Hempstead, including a new signalised toucan crossing over the A414 St Albans Road to improve connections to and from Jarman Retail and Leisure Park, as well as making it safer and easier to cross the A414 and linking to other cycling routes in the area, including National Cycle Network Route 57 towards Addifield, the proposals would also help improve connections to Hemel Hempstead Town Centre, the Canal Towpath and Heath Park. More information is available on the website hertfordshire.gov.uk forward slash Jarman Park. Please ensure you have read the information about the proposals before completing the questionnaire. While improvements to the existing footbridge above the A414 are not part of these proposals, HCC Hertfordshire County Council are planning to refurbish the bridge later this year after further assessment of the structure is completed. The consultation for the cycling and walking improvements is open until 31st July 2023. There are approximately 188,000 drains in Hertfordshire. They are emptied on a cycle of every 6, 12, 18 or 24 months which means not all drains are emptied in the same financial year, April to March. However, the majority are. The aim is to empty nearly 134,000 drains this financial year. By the end of June, teams will have visited 40,622 drains and emptied 33,523 of these. 
The rest could not be emptied because we couldn't access them. Cars parked over the drains are the main reason for this. If the drains can't be emptied, they will be visited again at a later date. The amount of water that flows through the drainage system per year is roughly enough to fill 1,080 Olympic-sized swimming pools or 2.7 million bathtubs. We have experienced periods of intense rainfall over the past few weeks and at times like this we receive lots of fault reports about flooding. Even after a blocked drain has been cleared, flooding might still occur. Often the amount of rain and runoff exceeds the capacity of the underground pipework and it takes longer for the flood water to drain away. There can also be problems in the pipework such as damaged pipes or tree roots growing in them. Since most of the drainage system is located underground, identifying these issues requires detailed investigations. As a result, it takes longer to address these works, but we strive to fix as many of these sites as possible. Occasionally, finding a solution for a flood involves coordination with other people, such as landowners and water companies. The amount of time given up by volunteers to support the work of the County Council has decreased, councillors have been told. In the past year, volunteers have played important and wide-ranging roles alongside the County Council, from the delivery of safe and well visits to the welcoming of arrivals from Ukraine. They have also led anti-arson patrols and initiatives to highlight fly-tipping sites. But data presented to a meeting of the County Council's Resources and Performance Cabinet Panel suggests the time being given by volunteers is going down. Latest available figures show that in the three months between October and December last year, just 430 volunteer hours were recorded, and that's significantly below the Council's 1,600-hour quarterly target which was set before the pandemic. The data does show that around 1,100 volunteer hours were recorded by the Council in the three months between January and March 2022. But overall, in 2022, there were only around 3,000 volunteer hours recorded, and that's less than half of the annual target. In the report submitted to the Cabinet panel, officers point to a general decline in volunteering in the wake of the COVID pandemic. Research has noted the impact of COVID on volunteering, with almost 40% of organisations reporting a decline in the amount of time contributed by volunteers, says the report. Civil Society, a forum for voluntary and community organisations, has similarly noticed a decline in almost 25% in the number of volunteers in charity shops. And now, Blaise Tap on the rise of women's football. For me and fellow football fanatics everywhere, this time of the year is the period we tend to look forward to the least. When they are on, even international tournaments have finished by now, meaning we are traditionally counting down the days to the new season, full of optimism for the nine months that will follow. 
The waiting can be so painful that some of us go down incredibly niche rabbit holes, meaning we suddenly start caring about the goings-on in Irish footy, or whatever happens to the big game of the weekend in any given Scandinavian league that happens to be running in July. This year is different, however, as I genuinely am excited about the Women's World Cup, which starts this week. Something I definitely wouldn't have said less than two years ago. Before taking the family to watch England take on Northern Ireland at Wembley in October 2021, the women's game hadn't come close to featuring on my radar. But since then, thanks in no small part to the heroics of the Lionesses last summer, it now plays a central role in tap family life. Not to put too fine a point on it, our eldest has developed an obsession with the game, and as anybody who has a 13-year-old daughter will attest, that pretty much means that we have little choice but to ride that Mexican wave with her. In the past 12 months, she has watched roughly 20 club and international games at 10 different stadiums and has fully immersed herself in the culture of a game that is growing in popularity by the week. During this time, kitchen table chap, chat has revolved around the likes of Leah Williamson, Katie McCabe, Sam Kerr and Alessia Rosso, rather than Harry Kane, Jude Bellingham, Marcus Rashford or Messi. There are, of course, several key differences between the men's and women's games, such as there is much less on-the-field play acting and far fewer histronics in women's Super League, WSL, than there are in the self-styled world's best football product, the Premier League. It's also much cheaper to watch top-flight women's football in this country than it is to watch even regional, non-league men's matches. It typically costs under a tenner for adults and about a fiver for children to get into WSL games, which makes it far more accessible for families. And families are largely what you get at games, making for a far less febrile atmosphere at grounds, which means that there is much less chance of kids learning fruity new words or trying out bawdy chants on the playground on a Monday. Then there's the interaction with the stars of the game. In the past year, our teenage superfan has met north of 30 players and managers before and after games, something that isn't an easy to do for fans of the men's game. Her bedroom walls are adorned with selfies of her with the likes of England's standing captain, Millie Bright, and a host of lionesses such as Jordan Nobbs and Lauren James. The end-of-game rush to get signatures and pictures with players is a feature of most WSL games, and the vast majority of them duly oblige. I can remember one game when the majority of Chelsea 
and Manchester United players stayed out for the best part of half an hour after the full-time whistle had been blown. It's fair to say that this would never happen at most Premier League or even football leagues, but the chaps don't have to do it. As a new fan of the women's game, it's plainly obvious that we are the start of something that could become huge. Last week, an official report predicted it could become a £1 billion industry within the next decade if it is given the right support. I suspect that the game will attract millions more global fans once the World Cup finishes next month. And watch out if England actually win the thing. When do England play in 2023 Women's World Cup? Well, England versus Haiti in Brisbane is on the 22nd of July at 10.30am on ITV. England versus Denmark in Sydney is on the 28th of July at 9.30am on the BBC. England's crucial second group game will be live on the BBC. The BBC is the only place you can watch both World Cup semi-finals and the final will be broadcast by both BBC and ITV. That's the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 05.10am and 21.07pm. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news on a memory stick, please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Gary, your technician for this week.